Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Bleeding Edge. I'm your host, Ralph Banker. Today, we have Matt Silver as our guest. Matt is a head teacher of a complex needs school with 175 students, and uh, he's also in the final throes of a PhD at the University College of London uh, and is a lecturer of the MBA Studies Program at the National College of Education. I'm uh, surprised that you've managed to find the time to speak to us today, Matt. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Ralph. Uh, we've got plenty of time at the moment because we're all at home. But, uh... Well, uh, of course, you uh, are, are still head teacher of, of, of your school. Do you want to just uh, give us a little bit of an idea of what's going on with your school, given we are in the midst of the C19 crisis? Yeah, so we have uh, 170 students on roll at the school. And unfortunately, we're down to seven students now. Uh, despite the, the staff numbers remaining high, our parents are taking the, the safe precaution of, of keeping their students at home, which I can only encourage at, at this point. Right. So um, I think uh, it's obviously fantastic that you could be there for those seven students. Uh, but uh, uh, clearly a big shift given you've got over 95% of your students now at home. It is and it isn't, Ralph. Uh, we're looking to manoeuvre from a, a physical system to a digital system. And the model of education that we, we use in the school is, is almost natural, uh, organic to, to that change, as is the mindset of, of the staff that we have in the school. So uh, kudos to them for, for doing as well as they have. Well, of course, uh, you know, we've really seen uh, five years worth of digital adoption over the last two to three weeks as the entire world has moved online. And uh, I'm sure that's been the same for you. Yes and no. We've had Google Classroom running uh, since I launched it in 2012. So the culture of the school has naturally been very much based around uh, the use of Google and its, and its various platforms for learning. Uh, the same can be said of, of, of the way that our staff uh, connect and, and communicate with each other. However, yeah, the, the speed of change, particularly for our students and our parents, has been, has been ramped up significantly uh, by the changes that have come in. Now, you've got uh, quite an interesting model, and, and really the reason for the show today is um, your uh, bleeding-edge approach, shall we say, in how you are managing the education of your complex and special needs students. Um, tell us a little bit about this concept of the 6%. So, the 6% is the employment rate of those with learning disabilities in the UK, uh, at the moment and when we sat down uh, after I started my headship we felt that this was the the issue that needs to be truly addressed in in the marginalized students that we that we educate so we looked to create a model that that could actually create digital entrepreneurs that means that the jobs don't have to exist for students to to go into and instead that they can leave education with an economic and, and social uh, opportunity waiting for them. And give us a bit of a sense. So, you know, what does it mean to have a, a complex need in, in the context of 
uh, of, of your school? Well, to be honest, we, we tend not to focus so much on the labels. Uh, the label can, can often create a ceiling for our students. So uh, we have students who have uh, autism, uh, moderate learning difficulties, uh, speech and language communication difficulties, uh, learning processing difficulties. So uh, complex learning students typically have very low expectations in, in education and that obviously transmits into employment opportunities in the future. And, and the ethos that has grown from addressing that essentially is how do we, how do we create students who can, can reach their full capacity of, of development, uh, both in, in the traditional education outcomes, but also in their, their social and emotional development in, in themselves to become a more rounded uh, citizen, essentially leaving school. Well, so we look to... 6% is obviously very low. So, uh, I mean, are you actually having an impact on their viability and ability to be economically productive after leaving school? So what, what we launched two years ago was a deeper learning, deeper living curriculum. And the essential change in that outside of the core subjects was building in a meaningful mastery project-based learning curriculum as, as part of that. And what we did for that was to really seek out the pioneers in our school who wanted to make this social change. And they built in the, the planning structures for what that would look like, the key questions that had to be asked and the key ways of learning that we wanted to adopt as our pedagogy for the school. So by doing that, we really found out our pioneers nice and early and have, they've continued in, in their real sort of steamrolling through the traditional education system into something that's quite different. So meaningful mastery project-based learning, just to explain it, uh, the, the meaningful aspect comes from each one of our students giving back to the local, global, or school community. And we purposely put the school community on the end so it allows a sense of legacy that they leave something behind. Uh, but the social aspect um, means that they're out and networking with, with their local and, and global community whilst at school, increasing their, their social and em employment network opportunities. The mastery aspect comes where the students get to choose their project in key stage four. So when students are in year 10 and year 11, and they get to commit 400 hours towards the, the subject of their choice. Um, that, that project then builds towards those students becoming entrepreneurs and, and more specifically, particularly in, in, in this current climate, is, is actually digital entrepreneurs. So they can go on to, to build their own businesses and have them uh, sustained beyond the school gates. And have you got examples of uh, any of the kind of businesses that your students have set up and, and gone on to run after leaving school? So we're, we're two years into the running of the projects at the moment, but we are just finishing off a coffee shop that has a hot desking system in there. And what will become the post-19 businesses uh, will be hosted from uh, and, and the support will come still from the school but not as part of the school so our students are now going on to uh, they've gone from five percent onto 
uh, 90% of students going on to subject-specific college courses. So come the end of next year, we should have students returning for our post-19 offer, which will essentially be to run digital uh, businesses uh, from the school and then branch off to become independent in, in doing so. So you've really created a whole new model. I mean, it's essentially uh, the school as an incubator. Yes. So uh, you say uh, me, uh, I've got to obviously share that with the team. So so my approach in, in my leadership is very much to provide as much autonomy as possible to uh, this aligned North Star of, of the 6% employment rate and enabling staff to do that with uh, strategies such as giving them a, a week off in the original piloting uh, planning stages uh, up until the point that our LSA has now run our wellbeing curriculum so our students are ready for learning uh, that provides in, in sort of a knock-on effect of, of double the, the planning time for our teachers. So the collaboration that is then allowed in our teachers both horizontally across their year groups and their subjects but also vertically, which means that that cross-curricular, uh, cross-age group, uh, linear learning and, and collaboration is happening across the school, which means that every member of staff represents a different department at every single meeting. And how did you go about setting this model up? Was there a precedent for it? Were you able to look at how other schools were doing this? Or is this something that has entirely been set up within within your own school so at the time of designing it uh, you know this was the the focus of my thesis for my for my dissertation uh sorry the focus for my thesis for my my doctorate um the principle is is built on self-determination theory the idea of those basic psychological needs of competence autonomy and relatedness and therefore, that was almost our quality mark of design. So everything that we did, we looked at how, how this would uh, increase the perception of competence, uh, how students and staff and parents would, would relate to it. And obviously, that 6% employment rate is, is the key uh, why for that. And then the autonomy aspect of that is around, actually, we, we really underestimate the capacity of our uh, staff uh, of our parents and of our students, as is typical in in a lot of education settings and and specifically in send, whereas actually for for us by by lifting the ceiling off of those expectations, we've seen students and staff and parents, the, the whole community really flourish uh, as a result. And Matt, what are the kind of things that uh, you're hoping to do next with this? Is there a way that People can help, uh, get involved. Um, do you look for sponsorship opportunities for your students? So, yes, very much. We, we're looking to see how we can build uh, sustainable businesses for our students. Uh, so businesses that are interested, we're always uh, reaching out across that. We have a community liaison manager who, who actually has created opportunities in hospitals. So we have students working uh, in, in the bowel cancer departments of, of hospitals at the moment we have uh, students working in uh, various settings across London but but essentially when it comes to building their own business we're always going to need investment in into that uh, so the post-19 model is definitely something that we're looking to evolve 
from the other aspect of that is it's actually how we how we build our inner selves and our uh, individual self as as learners and and that includes all stakeholders in the school uh, including the leaders so how how are we learning about ourselves and and developing that so we're looking at how we can get emotional intelligence alongside uh, IQ as an outcome for for education um, across the piece actually not not just in send yeah i can imagine that that is uh, a big opportunity um, especially given the uh, the children that you're working with but uh, we know it's a um, an area of development in uh, mainstream corporates as well so uh, it's fantastic to see you thinking about putting that in if somebody wanted to uh, emulate this model um, what what would you recommend um, are others doing this are they able to implement this so so we call it the the Roger Bannister effect uh, you've got to come and see it to believe it uh, we have exhibition days each term that that do that uh, we also have an online platform that that will give you the outline of what we do on on our uh, school website at, at Shaftesbury High School uh, in Harrow so please do google that um, but to come and experience the culture and see the students actually operating at the level that they're operating is is the true marker of success for us. Um, and, and obviously, as time goes on, we want to continue to develop and share what is this practice, because we are finding that this is the practice that is essentially changing the, the future landscape for our students. Well, and it seems like an absolutely key development as we start to prepare the uh, next generation to lead our businesses and uh, continue to contribute value. Uh, well, I think, I, think, I think where you touch on that, Ralph, around the opportunities that are coming uh, for our students is actually very much in the now. Our, our students are at home. Uh, the learning is being delivered in, in some forms or another. But I, I would very much encourage teachers, leaders, uh, educators to really be considering what can they put to their students now to actively engage in social change at a time in which there is a lot of isolation and a lot of tension in, in our communities. How can we reach out and innovate to, to grow our communities right now? And, and we have the digital tools to do that. So, so how are we creating this opportunity with our teachers off timetable i mean i said i gave a gave my teachers a week off I, I can see our teachers being off for four to five months so this this could be seen as a real opportunity to to make some significant uh, innovation and and, and progress yeah. and uh if people wanted to contact you to find out more about how to do that and structure that are they able to reach out to you how, how do they get in touch with you so, as I said, the, the school website's there, but um, my own consultancy is collaborationineducation.squarespace.com, and obviously I'm available on, on LinkedIn and all the other social media channels as well. Fantastic. Well, Matt Silver, thank you very much for being on the show today. Uh, this has been The Bleeding Edge. I'm your host, Ralph Benker. We'll see you on the edge. Thank you, Ralph.